Hello and welcome to the U Sports Done Right Podcast. My name is Dan Harrison. I'm the host of the show. I'm the Association Services Director for the MYS. And I'm coming to you today live from Sunny Cottage Grove. It's actually is sunny today and it's almost 60 degrees. There's a lot of weird things going on in the world right now that many of us aren't used to. But we're trying to give you some normalcy and we're hooking up a new podcast today. We're going remote. So today will be our first podcast recorded over the telephone. And today we're bringing in Bree Bren from the Institute for Athletic Medicine, a division of Fairview M Health. And Bree is an expert on lower extremities, and she really specializes in ACL injuries. And today she's gonna be talking to us about how to prevent ACL injuries by as much as 85%. And considering that 65% of ACL injuries don't return to athletics in the same capacity as they were before them, I think it's important that we keep track. So listen in as Bree shares some knowledge on how to avoid ACL injuries. Bree, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. I appreciate it. We're both locked in. Why don't you tell people uh, what Gustavus Finest, uh, who you are and where you're from? Yeah, so my name is Bree Bren. Uh, I'm a physical therapist through the Institute for Athletic Medicine in Savage, Minnesota, and I specialize in sports medicine, treating athletes. Uh, I played sports in undergrad at Gus Davis Adolphus College in St. Peter, Minnesota. Played one one year of golf, and then all four years I played basketball. I was the starting point guard, and kind of a fun statistic I had was I, I never missed one game my all my uh, four years. So I know the importance of keeping my body in, in good shape and um, lots of lifting and lots of great time spent in the gym so I can relate to athletes quite quite well Uh, but because of my love for sports I decided to pursue a degree in sports medicine uh, physical therapy and graduated from the University of Minnesota in 2014 and after um, taking my boards and getting my degree I wanted to specialize even further into sports medicine so I um, I went into or was accepted into the Fairview Sports uh, Physical Therapy Residency Program, which is basically a one-year specialty training with athletes. I got to spend a ton of time in in the high schools with athletic trainers in the colleges, some of the MIAC colleges in the cities, and I even got to do a little bout uh, at spring training with the twins down in in Fort Myers, which is quite a special experience. So I I feel like I'm well-rounded, well-educated in the sports medicine field, very passionate about getting athletes back to sport, but even more passionate about how we can prevent these injuries from from happening in the first place. Well, Bree, that's okay. a that's an amazing story to get here. You're a basketball superstar. How's the golf game now? Uh, it's 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 still there, but I, I don't get out as much as I would like to get out. But it's it's coming along. It's just nice to get outside and, and enjoy some fresh air and nature every once in a while. So yeah, definitely. Well, Bree, today we're going to be talking about. I'm not sure if you are only specialize in lower uh, extremities, but I know that what we're talking about today is ACL injuries and the prevention of them. So why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got into the ACL prevention or, you know, the lower extremity specialty? Yeah, I just feel like I, I really relate to athletes in the lower extremity due to some of the injuries that I've been through in my past. And and like I told you before, too, that my sister went through an ACL tear in high school and had to go through the whole rehabilitation process so I I got to see her progress through the whole sports rehab and return to sport 
Um, and myself, I, I was very blessed never to have knee injuries, but I did have quite a few ankle, lower leg uh, issues going on. So I just feel like I really relate well to that population. Uh, and ACL injuries are really, really prominent. So there's over hundreds of thousands of surgeries a year and costing the, the healthcare system millions of dollars a year. And there's some scary, scary stats out there that females are four times more likely to tear their ACL. And after, if a, uh, if a athlete tears their ACL needs surgery, on, only about 65% of the athletes are able to return to their prior level of competition. So there's some scary stats out there that I think if we can jump ahead and prevent these things from happening in the first place, uh, it would be a disservice not to do so. Well, that's excellent news because our our core listing group is is a younger set, and that's probably the people who have the maybe the least likelihood of returning. If you if you're uh, an NFL athlete, you may have the ability to be trained and rehabbed and brought back and the desire, but our our younger people may not have that. So tell me a little bit, we were talking uh, before we started recording and we talked a little bit about some of the, I think you call them non-modifiable and, and modifiable behaviors or factors that you can have. So why don't, you, why don't you open that up for us a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So there's basically these non-modifiable risk factors that we can't change. They kind of are what they are. And they are, they include, so the, the athlete sex. So just being female is going to put you at a higher risk of tearing your ACL. And in, in that category goes hormonal changes with more of the female population. And then the anatomy. So the makeup of your knee joints and what we call the Q angle. So the hip to knee angle, and it just tends to be a larger angle in females. Um, and that knock knee position is the, the positioning of what happens when the ACL is actually torn, you kind of, that knee collapses in and that's going to put, um, put the female athlete at a, at a higher risk for, for tearing their ACL. And then, so those are things that we just can't change. They kind of are what they are, but there's modifiable risk factors in which we can change. And those include hip and core strength and then landing mechanics, really focusing on teaching young athletes how to properly absorb forces and land properly and get really strong in their core and hips. So I've seen a little bit of research or, or, or teachings on those things. Why don't you talk to us a little bit about, um, why don't you start off and you maybe tell us about what we can do uh, from that strength in the core and, and what kind of, uh, you know, everybody's pretty much locked at home right now when they hear this. Are there things that they can do, activities they can follow that might give them something to do during the day when they're going stir crazy? Yeah, I think, I mean, there are a ton of prevention programs out there. I don't know if you've ever heard of the FIFA 11 plus is a a soccer kind of related dynamic warm up routine. There's a pep program, but all of these programs are very similar in their makeup. So there's a a warm up component, uh, a strength component, some plyos, some agility and some balance. So warm up would be, something similar to a a jogging forward, jogging backwards, shuffle down, shuffle back, um, little karaoke, butt kicks, high knees kind of things. And then the strength component would include some squats, body weight squats, um, lunges, going into plyos, you could do some jump squats. Um, You could do uh, some more bounding so kind of jumping out to one side on one leg and jumping again to the in the diagonal um, back and forth 
You can do uh, other plyo or agility where you're jumping two feet kind of over a line as fast as you can, uh, front to back, side to side. You can do that two-legged and one-legged. Um, you can do a little bit of balance, so you're um, almost like a single-leg deadlift kind of balance routine. So there's a there's a sequence of different uh, exercises that you can go through, and these programs are, are, are proven to be effective in the research, and just there's not a lot of uh, coaches and players that are compliant with doing these pre-practice, pre-game warm-ups. And I think if we could get Minnesota and this whole nation behind doing these or making them kind of a mandatory thing, uh, I think it could prevent a lot of these ACL or lower extremity injuries from ever even occurring. And all it would take would be a 10 to 15 minute warm-up before their their activities. So I think some of that is... is uh very relative to coaches when they understand the fact that these warm-ups aren't just spending the time that they could be coaching. It's actually, it's actually preventing people from being permanently damaged, or it sounds like having almost a 40% chance of being out of a sport permanently might get the message across to say that it, a lot like us in baseball, where we really have now adopted arm care as a must, that, that dynamic warm-up so tell me a little bit. So we talked, you went over that a little bit, and earlier we were talking about you have some video resources that we could share with our listeners as well. We, we'll have a, a code for that in the show notes. Tell me a little bit about what yeah. that is. Yeah, so the Institute for Athletic Medicine uses a PTRX as a, a video-based exercise program, and I've put together an ACL prevention um, dynamic warm-up routine where all you have to do is click the link that will be below this podcast link, and it'll take you right to uh, the source of videos that I've sequenced that your uh, athletes or um, coaches can look at, and it takes you through those things that I just kind of uh, mentioned. So a warm-up, a couple strengthening things, a couple plyo, agility, and balance, and that total routine that's on the videos should only take 10 to 15 minutes. And I and I really, I mean, advocate for if, if you can prevent an injury from happening and it's only going to take 10 to 15 minutes, get your captains on board and tell your captains this is you, everybody show up 10 minutes early and you guys go through this before we even start practice and then we'll get right into practice. I think it would be an easy segue into any practice or uh, into and get you warmed up and ready for a game as well. And it might be something too that you as a parent could bring to your youth coach if you don't see it in a polite way and maybe even your association and say, we, we probably should be doing this if this is going to be a substantial reduction can you give me any idea of what type of percentage they're saying out there if we do these dynamic warm-ups, how much it helps? There was a research study done on one of these programs. It was called the PEP program through Santa Monica, and it actually um, was surprisingly 85% reduction of risk of an ACL tear, um, showing uh, a group of sporting teams that did a control group that didn't do They just kind of went through their own static stretching uh, routine, uh, routine, and that's what you kind of see a lot when you go to basketball games. You see a lot of players sitting on the floor and just kind of stretching statically. Um, so the the control group was just kind of a static, and then the experimental group was more um, this specific kind of dynamic warm up routine with all these different factors in, and it showed eighty five percent reduction in in uh, ACL tears. Eighty five percent, drastic. Yes. Yeah, 85%. Yep. If that doesn't get your attention, uh, if I had a young athlete, 
Uh, now, that didn't do that, I would be absolutely 100% demanding that that was done. If, if you can, 85% is almost a, a direct cause, isn't it? Right. I just feel like this, there's just a lack of, uh, of education in, in our sporting community that we just, that's why I love the, uh, that I'm able to do this podcast and try to reach out to more and more people, spread the word as much as you can. I think we got to do a better job of letting coaches know and letting the players and the um, parents, everybody know that this, these things are available and are extremely important to do. And when you do do them, the the compliance with the program is extremely important. So there's been research to show you have to you have to do these at least three times a week uh, to be effective. And so if you're only kind of doing them here and there and not being routine about it, they're not as effective either. So Bree, when I you talk about those things, there's two things that I really want to hear you uh, share your opinion on the landing and the and the stretching. So you know, there's always been this opinion back and forth for years of do you stretch before? Do you stretch after? What's the best? It sounds like the dynamic warm-up obviously replaces the stretch prior to athletics. Where does stretching fit in then? Yeah, I would say definitely it's it's gone away from the static stretching mode. So just, you know, the leaning over, touching your toes, stretching your hamstrings, um, and stretching your calves and, you know, and kind of doing the butterfly for a static stretch. It's gone away from the static stretching and really have tended towards more of a dynamic, get your heart rate going, get your blood flowing a little bit to, to stretch the muscles that way, to prep yourself for the, the activity that you're, uh, or sporting event you're about to take place in. And then do you do the stretching afterwards? Does that have a benefit as well? Uh, they don't, not a ton of research has been showing that you have to do uh, uh, the stretching after athletic competition. Uh, I would say it's more of the pre-practice is the, is the focus. But it and it never hurts after the game if you if something's sore or hurt or then you do more of the icing um, and but I I don't think there's a specific static stretching versus dynamic stretching to end at the end of a practice or at the end of a uh, after a game I think it's more pre pre activity is the focus. So, Bri, you talked a little bit about landing and landing proper. And I thought that's intriguing to me because I don't think a lot of people think about landing after jumping. And I assume that's probably one of the higher stress events on a knee. Uh, Tell me a little bit. Can you describe what proper landing is? Yeah. So one thing I didn't mention earlier in the podcast is over three fourths, if not up towards 80 to 90 percent of these ACL tears are non-contact injuries. So it's just a cut, pivot, turn, land incorrectly. It's not a collision thing going on. It's just um, the wrong landing or the wrong cut and pivot. And you get these in the knock knee position, so that knee collapses in. And what we can do is we can really try to train athletes to land properly, which means landing really softly, um, absorbing absorbing the forces into the kind of rocking back or sitting back into your butt rather than letting your knees go over your toes. Um, so really trying to soften the landing and make sure that the athletes aren't going into that knock knee position, really getting your hips, knees, and ankles in alignment as you softly land. That's the, the name of the game right there. That's one of the skills they probably should be working on as well. So tell me, where does where does strength training, where do you fall in the strength training? So if, if we're talking younger athletes up to, let's say, 15, well, let's say 18, are, are, is, is strength training, is that preventative too? 
A hundred percent. I think it's extremely important if you want to be a an athlete and and continue to to be an athlete through high school level, maybe into college, and if you're one of the lucky chosen ones to go into pro, you really need to be compliant with a, a th- at least three times a week strength strength training program, and that usually means getting into the to the weight room and and lifting some weights and and again making sure your your technique and that you're working with somebody that you're not um, doing damage to your your body or putting yourself more at risk for injury for by moving improperly as you're lifting. So I think the the coaching is important too. But I do I'm a big advocate for for strength training in athletes, uh, especially core hip uh, muscles. That's kind of your power where all your power comes from. So the stronger your glutes, your butt, uh, the stronger your core. I, I think those are the, the main muscle groups that all athletes use no matter what your your activity is. Well, Bree, that's excellent information. And I think it's so important that we have good people like you out there helping spread the word about this prevention. Because I think a lot of times people don't recognize what um, I've had a couple knee injuries and, and surgeries. And I know it's it's very disruptive, not only to your career, but just your life. So I appreciate you doing that um, and I think it's important that people are out there looking for information to get educated on it. And your uh, videos that we have on here are going to be excellent. Is there anything else you'd like to tell people about that? Just the education is the main thing. Spread the word. Use the, the video programs that I've um, provided underneath the go to that link and look at those videos. If you guys have any questions or concerns, please reach out to, to me. I, I work under the Institute for Athletic Medicine, and we are scattered all around the metro area. We have 28 clinics and we are happy to to help you guys and uh, my my email address is bbren1 at fairview.org and i'd be happy to to answer any questions you may have about acl prevention programs brie i really appreciate you taking this time i hope you and your uh little one i know you have a a small child are doing well and being safe and uh, i appreciate the fact that we can get this information out to people and that you're a great resource for them so thanks for being on the show today. I appreciate it. And we will uh, thank you talk for to having you me, Dan. Yeah, thank you. Hey, I want to thank you for joining us here on the podcast today. I hope life is treating you well. Please keep up your social distancing. Keep practicing your sports. We'll get through this together soon, and we'll all be back together playing sports. Thanks a lot. Be well.